Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 88. I am Daddy Unaki Dan. And I'm the Morgan B. And today we are talking about cancer. Fuck that bitch. Fuck cancer. Kick cancer through the curb. That's, like her. That's kind of harsh. <laughs> 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 but we're talking about the zodiac, the constellation, cancer, the crab, the pincer, the crawfish, the crawdaddy, the lobster. Like crevice. <laughs> <laughs> so last episode we did with Gabe, Slick Dissident, and we did three constellations, or actually four. And it went a little while, so went for three hours. So we decided to do one constellation today because it is a zodiac sign to uh, maybe make not make the show so long. Um, so tell us what you think about that, if you think we should just keep doing them in twos or threes or fours or whatever, or if we should break them up into bigger ones and smaller ones or something. But let's get cracking on cancer. Let's do it. Cancer. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> um so cancer, the constellation, it's one of the 12 constellations of the zodiac, no shit. And it's located in the northern celestial hemisphere. Um, its name is Latin for crab and commonly, commonly represented as one. Cancer is a medium-sized constellation, an area of 506 square degrees, and its stars are rather faint. Its brightest star is Beta Cancer, having an apparent magnitude of 3.5. It contains two stars with no known planets, including... 55 Cancri, which has five, one super earth, and four gas giants, one of which is in the habitable zone, and as such has expected temperatures similar to Earth. At the angular heart of this sector of our celestial sphere is Praesepi. P-R-A-E-S-E-P-E. Presepe. Presepe. Which is Messier. Yeah, which is Messier 44. One of the closest open clusters to Earth and a popular target for amateur astronomers. Hmm. Nah. Turn my phone ringer off so people don't hear that no more. Cancer is a medium-sized constellation that is bordered by Gemini to the west, which is me. A lynx to the north, which is you. <laughs> Leo minor to the northeast. Leo in the east, Hydra to the south, and Canis minor to the southwest. The three-letter abbreviation for the constellation, as adopted by the IAU in 1922 is CNC, the official constellation boundaries, as set by Belgian astronomer Eugene Delporte in 1930, are defined by a polygon of three main and seven western edgework forming sides. In the equatorial coordinate system, the right ascension coordinates of these borders lie between 07. H and 55M, 19.7973S, and 09H, 22M, 35.0364S. While the declination coordinates are between 33.1415138, which is 10 times pi, and 6. Four seven zero zero six eight nine, covering five hundred and six square degrees, or point nine two one percent of the sky. Uh, 
It ranks 31st of the 88 constellations in size. It can be seen at latitudes between plus 90 degrees and negative 60 degrees, and is best visible at 9 p.m. during the month of March. Cancer borders the bright constellations of Leo, Gemini, Canis Minor under city skies. Cancer is invisible to the naked eye. Beware of the Ides of March. Indeed. Um, if you've ever seen Cancer, it looks like a like a Y, like an uppercase Y. It really uh, does. Yeah. I guess it doesn't look anything like a crab. I guess they just see the Y symbol and think pinchers because it kind of looks like. Or, or crevice. <laughs> yeah, it looks it like. It means a, fertility, too. I mean. Oh, yeah. It's definitely the yod. It's like a little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, like, that's how you even say it in French. Le crevice. Le crevice. Um, yeah. Cancer, cancer is the second dimmest of the zodiacal constellations. Having only two stars above the fourth magnitude, the German cartographer Johann Bayer used the Greek letters alpha through omega to label the most prominent stars in the constellation, followed by the letter A, then lowercase b, c, and d. Within the constellation's borders, there are 104 stars brighter than or equal to apparent magnitude 6.5, also known as Altarf or Tarf. Beta Canceri is the brightest star in Cancer at an apparent magnitude of 3.5. Located 290 plus or minus 30 light years from Earth, it is a binary star system, so we call it. They constellation. Its main component, or orange giant of special type K4III, that is very slightly from a baseline magnitude of 3.53, dipping by 0.005 magnitude over a period of six days. An aging star, it has expanded to around 50 times the sun's diameter and shines with 660 times its luminosity. It has a faint magnitude 14 red dwarf companion located 29 arc seconds away that takes 76,000 years to complete an orbit. Altarf mm. represents a part of Cancer's body. At magnitude 3.9 is Delta Canceri, also known as Acelus, A-S-E-L-L-U-S. Australis Borealis. Australis Australia. Australis. Yeah. Yes. Located 131 plus or minus one light years from Earth. It is an orange hued giant star that has swollen and cooled off the main sequence to become an orange giant with a radius 11 times and luminosity 53 times that of the sun. Pretty impressive. Its common name means Southern Donkey. The star also holds a record for the longest name. Its name, okay, here, let's go. Ark Ushanan Garusha Shutu. Try to say that one. Uh, you did perfect. I think I did it good enough. Derived from ancient Babylonian language, which translate to the southeast star in the crab. Delta Cancery also makes it easy to find X Cancery, the reddest star in the sky, known as Ocelus Borealis, Northern Donkey. Gamma Cancery mm -hmm. is a white-hued A-type subgiant of special type A1. IV and magnitude 4.67, that is 35 times as luminous as the sun. It is located 181 plus or minus two light years from Earth. Lota Cancery is a wide double star. The primary is a yellow hued G type bright giant star of magnitude 4.0, 
located 330 plus or minus 20 light years from Earth. It spent much of its stellar life as a B-type main sequence star before expanding and cooling into its current state as it spent its core hydrogen. The secondary is a white main sequence star of spectral type A3V and magnitude 6.57, despite having different distances when measured by the Hipparchos satellite. Uh, the two stars share a common proper motion and appear to be a natural binary system. Located 181 yep. plus or minus two light years from Earth is Alpha Cancery or Akubans. It's a multi star with a primary component and apparent white main sequence star of spectral type A5 and magnitude 4.26. The secondary is a magnitude of 12 and is visible in small amateur telescopes. Its common name means the claw primary. The primary is actually two very similar white main sequence stars that are 5.3 AU distance from each other. And the secondary is two small main sequence stars, most likely red dwarfs, that are 600 AU from the main pair, hence the system is a quadruple one. I just want to say, hmm. if you're drinking white claws, it's probably going to give you hmm. cancer. Ew. Just thought about that right now. There's also something very addictive about white claws because guys don't fucking drink beer anymore. They have switched to drinking this fucking foo-foo bullshit alcoholic beverage. Okay, I and I Listen, 100% I, don't fucking understand it. I don't even like beer or anything. I don't drink very often. But still, if you're drinking White Claw, you might as well shave your pussy. Um. Okay, well, I thought the same thing because <laughs> I drink red wine, and that's just that. And that's all I drink. That's fine. But... I will tell you this. No, I love a white claw in the summer. Um, I can't wait for summer so I can get some. I guess I guess I'll get a different brand, right? But here's the deal with it. You, you do not get a hangover because it's so carbonated. Mm. But if you have to drink that many of them, and to, and like, I and is anybody really getting drunk think, off White Claw? Oh, no, oh, fuck yeah! It, it takes less. That's gross. I think it has more um, alcohol in it, like percentage per volume. I am almost certain it, it does. Anyway. Okay. Well. But yeah, I've, I've tried. Probably these. are all gonna get cancer. <laughs> I have tried white claws before, and and what are the other ones called? Uh, there's another brand one too. I forget what it is, but I've also tried the Bud Wiser ones, and those ones are actually uh, better, more flavor. But anyways, I don't even like yes. flavored, flavored. I've been to the Bud and Hazard Bush. The Anheuser Busch Brewery, and it—oh, it smells so bad in there. Um, I just—I—I I can't drink that ever again. Mm. But anyways, enough about alcohol. Let's get to yeah Zeta Cancer or Tegmine the Shell. It's a multiple star system experience. that can. It's a multiple star system that contains at least four star stars located 82 light years from Earth. The two brightest components are a binary star with an orbital period of 1100 years. The brighter component is a yellow-hued binary pair and dimmer component is a yellow-hued star of magnitude 6.2. The brighter component is itself a binary star with a period of 59.6 years. Its primary is a magnitude 5.6, and its secondary is a magnitude 6.0. The pair is at its greatest separation around 2019. 
10 star systems have been found to have planets. Roho are row mm. one cancery or 55 cancery or Copernicus is a binary star mm. approximately 40.9 light years in distance from Earth. 55 cancery consists of a yellow dwarf and a smaller red dwarf with five planets orbiting the primary star. One low-mass planet that may be either a hot, water-rich world or a carbon planet and four gas giants. 55 cancery Is that a, not crazy? Yeah, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? It's just really nuts. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> 55 Cancery A, <clears throat> classified as a rare super metal rich star, is one of the top 100 target stars for NASA's terrestrial planet finder mission. You can all boo right now. Why? Boo. Why? Why do you think that? It's a hot, water rich world or a carbon metal. planet. Class oh yeah, it's super metal rich. That's why. That's why. Exactly why. If they want to get anyway, metal rich. Ahead. Sorry. Rang 63rd on the list. It's 100 percent true. Uh the red dwarf 55 cancery B, a suspected binary. It looks like a girl, talks like a girl, but as we suspect it to be binary, <laughs> appears to be gravitationally bound to the primary star. As the two share common proper motion. YBP 1194 is a sun-like star in the open cluster M67 that has been found to have three planets. Deep sky objects. That's my ASMR mm -hmm. voice. Deep sky objects. <laughs> <laughs> Cancer is best known among stargazers as the home of Pesapi, Messier 44, an open cluster, also called the Beehive Cluster, located right in the center of the constellation. Located about 590 light years from Earth, it's one of the nearest open clusters to our solar system. M44 contains about 50 stars, the brightest of which are the sixth magnitude. Epsilon Cancery is the brightest member of the magnitude 6.3. Precipice is also one of the larger open clusters visible. It has an area of 1.5 square degrees, or three times the size of the full moon. It's most common, or it's most easily observed when Cancer is high in the sky. North of the equator, the period stretches from February to May. Ptolemy described the beehive cluster as the nebulous mass in the breast of cancer. It was one of the first objects Galileo observed with his telescope in 1609, sporting 40 stars in the cluster. Today, there are about 1,010 high-probability members, most of them 68% red dwarfs. So a whole bunch of little red dwarfs. It's Lilliputian land. The Greeks and Romans yeah. identified the nebulous object as a manger from which two donkeys represented by the neighboring stars 1213 Acelus Borealis and 1210 Acelus Australis were, Represent. were eating. Those are two fixed stars, by uh, the way. Thank you. The stars represent the stars represent the donkeys. That the god Dionysus and his tutor Selenus, Selenus, I don't know, S I L E N U S, rode in the war against the Titans. The ancient Chinese hmm. interpreted the object as a ghost or demon riding in a carriage, calling it a cloud of yeah. pollen blown from under willow catkins. The small, denser, Ooh. open cluster Messier 67 can also be found in Cancer, 2,600 light years from Earth. It has an area of approximately 0.5 square degrees, the size of a full moon. It contains approximately 200 stars, the brightest of which are the 10th magnitude. 
um, uh, do, do, do. OSOJO842 plus 1835 is a quasar used to measure the speed of gravity in the VLBI experiment conducted by Edward Fomalant and Sergei Kopoykin in September 2002. OJ287 is a BL Lacerte object located three and a half billion light years away that has produced quasi-periodic optimal outbursts going back approximately 120 years. As first apparent on photographic plates from 1891, it was first detected at radio wavelengths during the course of Ohio Sky Survey in central mm. sub its central supermassive black hole is among the largest known. Yep. Uh, she stars in such films as no, just kidding. With a mass of 18 billion <laughs> solar masses, more than six times the value if calculated for the previous larger objects. Hey, I'm just saying it's a massive black hole. It probably got made that way, right? From a whole lot of it's yeah. called it's black it's just black and without eyes yeah it's, it's the b-hole of the universe big old b-hole don't talk about my stars like that <laughs> <sighs> uh, i know she's gonna I know, I know morgan's gonna get into some mythology here um but oh, i just want to say uh the Greek it come, uh, cancer was first recorded by Claudius Ptolemy in the second century CE in the mathematical syntaxis, aka Almagest, under the Greek name Carkinos. In the late 1890s, R.H. Allen asserted the following with no supporting citation. Cancer is said to have been the place for Akkadian sun of the south, perhaps from its position at the winter solstice in very remote antiquity, but afterwards it was associated with the fourth month, fourth month, Duzu, uh, or Dumuzu, or June, July, and was known as the northern gate of the sun. Very nope. few of Cancer stars are visible to the naked eye, and its brightest stars are only fourth magnitude. Cancer was often considered the dark sign, uh, quaintly described as black and without eyes. Dante mm -hmm. alluded to its faintness in Parasid Paradiso and mentioned it being, vi being visibly the whole night when it culminated at midnight in the northern hemisphere winter month then a light among them brightened so that if cancer one such crystal had winter would have a month of only one day mm. cancer was the backdrop to the sun's most northerly position in the sky the summer solstice in ancient times when the Earth's sun-facing side was maximally tilted toward the south. In the Gregorian calendar, kept within a few days of June 21st, uh, equivalently, this is the date when the sun is directly overhead as far north as 23.437 degrees north. The northernmost parallel when the sun is directly overhead is still called the Tropic of Cancer even though the corresponding position on the sky now occurs in Taurus due to the precession of the equinoxes. Precession of the equinoxes. I just have to say that. A couple I know, times. but that's nuts because it's Taurus. So it's like, that's just, it all makes, like, even mythologically, it just makes sense. Like, I don't know. Go ahead. Do you think, because like, you know how like the, so the Hebrews um, and especially like the Jewish tribe, they assigned it to the tribe of Issachar and Jacob, uh, that's like, he called it the strong ass. Like it's where the Aseli is like where the 
manger is, like where Jesus was born. And isn't that like the time of fertility? And it it like represents fertility. So do you think Mm -hmm. that like that's when Jesus, do you ever wonder if that's when like the next prophet or like Jesus or the Messiah or whomever you believe in is like going to come or is supposed to be born? Like, isn't that as, wouldn't you think that that would, I don't know. I don't know, but people still waiting for Jesus to come a second time are going to be sadly disappointed. I'm just saying, like, um, <laughs> it's an idea. You that, know. Was a, that was a sexual joke, more or less, not necessarily that he will never show up. Because <laughs> he's taking. You never know with you. <laughs> it's probably going to be pretty limp by the time it's going to be half flaccid by the time he comes again. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said before, it has a massive black hole, so it's the booty, right? Um, it's the crevice. <laughs> And, like, you know how, okay, so I went down, like, these weird, like, these weird, like, rabbit holes about, like, um, like, where babies come from and, like, why we give birth and, like, how we get pregnant out of nowhere. And it's, like, literally called a crevice. Hmm. Literally. Hmm. And I'm, like, and, like, ew, that's, it's, which is, like, decay, right? Is it? Which, and so, yes. And so I was like, oh my God. But anyway, hmm. um, yeah. So I wonder I if it's related. That, it could be related to something about fertility. Maybe that's why you, uh, that's why people can get crabs. It's definitely um, related to fertility. Um, and <laughs> I definitely picture a vagina when I picture like somebody getting crabs, even <laughs> if it's a dude. Oh, really? Yeah. Anyway, go <clears throat> ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the close conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn in 1563, which was observed by. Psycho Brahe. <laughs> whoa, whoa. And led him to note the inaccuracy of existing um, ephemerides, ephemerides, and to begin his own program of astronomical measurements occurred in Cancer not far from Presepi. In Greek mythology, Cancer is identified with a crab that appeared while Hercules fought the many-headed Larnian Hydra. Hercules slew the crab. I'm not going to say all that because I'm going to let Morgan get into that. But there's a, there is some mythology associated. And Morgan, when I was looking up this crab, the Cancer, and uh, I came... Le Crevice. Yeah, I came across some like uh, explanations of why it's like the six nine in the you know the sixty nine symbol, yeah. uh, the, which also has to do with sex, right? But I, I saw mean, I guess. So people make everything them, sexual. Yeah, one of them said that it had to do with the crab's claws, so it's like it's two pincers out in front of them, and then the right. other one said it had to do with to uh female breasts and uh i could see that i thought that was kind of interesting because i had never heard of that before you know always just associated it with the crab claws but so that one's an interesting one yeah that is interesting because like when i think of like symbolism what has started really, um, I don't know, when I read some things um, and look at things, sometimes I can just understand and on a 
on a weird level that probably makes zero sense to anyone. But when I look at like signs, um, it almost looks like two nooses. Does that make sense? Okay. Like, like Leo looks like a noose for sure. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like, um, (laughs) well, it has to do with like noetic and, uh, like no, noetic. Narcissism. No, because you get too not, you gonna lose your your nose sticks and your nostrils and <laughs> um, snozberries taste like snozberries. <laughs> you know. Okay, uh, I have one more thing before you get into the mythological stuff. Yes. And this comes from uh, Cancer and Esoteric Astrology um, website. It says, Cancer is the gateway into life. This sign represents Ooh. the actual birth. It also represents the old age. This sign holds the energy of those who need extra care, those who need to be nurtured and loved, and those that the world does not expect too much of them, except maybe a smile. The Cancer Constellation receives the energy of the third ray of active intelligence and the seventh ray of ceremonial order. This is the energy of life on Earth, the energy of matter itself, the energy that gains momentum and the knowledge through experience, and in Cancer, that experience gets started the cancer person starts with the moon as their ruler transmitting the energy of the fourth ray of harmony through conflict this energy is emphasizing cancers in their very active emotional nature represented by the moon this accounts for their known mood swings for their many phobias and fears some based on reality some not a childlike view of the world prone to taking sides you are either from my family, hometown, tribe, or country, and therefore are on my side, or you're a foreigner, and therefore I should be careful from you. Many cancers yearn for a home. They either did not experience a stable home as a young child, or they were not nurtured with the full understanding and emotional support they needed. Therefore, for them, Under the moon's influence, having a home and a family becomes of paramount importance, and so many of them find it very hard to grow up and be the mother or father of that home, something their nature stays young, and responsibility is one of the hardest things for them to cope with. They insist on viewing other people's emotions as their own and are very surprised to find out that other people feel different emotions from their own. They are also surprised that other people want other things in life, different to their own wishes. They are changeable as the moon changes and yearn for outer stability when it is their inner emotional stability that they truly want. Prone to nostalgia, very patriotic, very patriotic, and attached to their home traditions, those become the shell that shields them from the world and keeps them locked within their confines. At the same time, they are very giving, open-hearted, and ready to be there for others, especially those in need. Cancer is a cardinal sign, so they keep on trying and attempting to build a home, a career, a place for themselves where they can be secure and invite others to share that in that security. It's just that coping with the world and all of its demands seems a bit too much sometimes. And their instinctive taking of others' feelings as their own can be very hard on the emotional body. As their consciousness elevates, as they develop maturity and responsibility, as their emotional nature gets purified from selfish motives, they receive the influence of Neptune as the esoteric ruler. With Neptune around, it is unconditional love to everybody, the ability to heal emotional wounds of all kinds and and be a home or represent the energy of home to others. 
the home that accepts you just as you are, the home that nurtures you both physically and emotionally, where you're taken care of when needed, and where your life with the people you love. They no longer need to hide behind the armors of overweight or hide at home. They are free to spread their beauty, warmth, and giving nature to all who need it. It is this energy of real devotion that helps them create the home they have been dreaming. That's a little bit about the zodiacal, esoteric astrology of cancer. And that doesn't mean necessarily just like cancer, like sun people. I mean, you have to take in like their moon sign and maybe rising sign as well. You know, that have to do with those types of personalities. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Especially like if they're cancer moon, you know, it's nuts. Anyway. Thank you. My cancer cousin moon. is a cancer. That's My like cousin was a cancer, cancer, and I thought huh? about her. That's <laughs> in your booty. It's in your hole. It's in your black hole. I was just thinking, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you are so stupid. I have to make this somewhat funny because it's a lot of just uh, detail, you know, about numbers and specifics. So kind of spice it up a little bit, make it entertaining. Cancer is a huge black hole, but it's also birth and fertility. Black so, hole, son, won't you come wash that's away like, the rain? Yeah. Black hole, son, won't you come wash And you want to know the interesting away. part of all of this? Like really, it's, it's hit us with it. It's it's just really dumb because like <laughs> after all of this, I mean, actually, I guess well at the at the beginning, I mean, like Hera obviously is like the most jealous person in the world. Which I mean, I don't who would want Zeus as a husband, but anyway, she's a freaking queen. Um, so she was like. She apparently drove Hercules so mad during his lifetime that he um, uh, killed his wife and their children. So he was trying to um, get forgiveness. And what he like did was turn to Apollo, who then turned to... Um, 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 I'm sorry, uh, uh, King Aristius to put him through the 12 labors of what we call the 12 labors of Hercules. But you know, King Aristius is still under the control of Hera, you know, so these labors were completely impossible. Or they were supposed to be, or what have you, or like, you know, whatever. So, this constellation or what has to do with it, like, it's like, what is the crab even doing here? You know what I mean? Truly. Like, it has nothing to really do with a crab. You should call it the labor of Hydra. <laughs> you know, or the, the the whatever. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, he killed his whole family. He's like, yep, I guess I'll kill you and my kids. And that's why he went to Apollo and was grieving. And Apollo was like, okay, well, I'll send you here. And it's like, Dan, these Gods are just assholes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what is really going on here? But Hercules, anyway, Hercules so, killed his whole family. Yeah, you didn't know that. No, I didn't. Yeah, he killed his wife, and he killed his children. Hmm. And that's why he has to do these labors. 
the 12 labors of Hercules. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, having to do with the second one, and that is uh, killing Hydra. And like, okay, so what happened is um, like, uh, hold on, let's just see. No, here. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Um, so like, yeah, hold on. So no, I just want to be clear because you know how like, you know, how all this stuff is like layered. So like what uh, Hercules would do is he would try to uh, shoot his arrow at this immortal one-headed hydra snake right it only had one head and um as he was like shooting his flaming arrows at the snake uh the head would come off but then two would come back so it ended up um having nine heads one of them being immortal right Mm -hmm. so in that case, um, I would freak the fuck out. <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so his nephew, with the help of his nephew, which is, uh, I think, interesting, Iolas, I-O-L-A-U-S. Uh, this is like his introduction to, which, uh, anyway, uh, that's Hercules' nephew, and um, with his help, like he uh, was able to torch the necks of each decapitated snakehead with what they would call a fire brand, you know, mm-hmm. so like they'd scorch it. So, yeah. Um, and then with the immortal head that they had left, um, it was decapitated uh, with the help of Athena because she's the one who gave Hercules the golden sword. Mm-hmm. So, while all the I mean, it, it just, and then it just all keeps going. But anyway, ah, while this was occurring, all of this craziness. Um, you glitched out. And now you're gone. All right. So we had a little glitch, glitch action. And we were at Athena giving Hercules the golden sword. Yes. So while all of this is like occurring, um, Hera sends a giant crab to try to distract Hercules while all of this is going on. And he's like, whoops, I stepped on you. (laughs) And that's that. There's the crab and that's basically how the crab made its grand entrance into the zodiac because uh it's very insignificant to that labor i would that it's associated with but i guess um it's not <laughs> i don't know because um you kicked it straight I've to also, the stars I, well, I heard that Hera catastrophized uh, the crab like immediately because she made it, you know, and Hercules killed it. But that's also that's just that's a different version because base what ha- what happened was um, the the centaur is the reason. Okay, so when 
the Hydra was killed, what Hercules did was he sailed his fate. What a dumbass. He dipped his arrows in the poison of the Hydra. Okay. Before he's like, all right, I did my shit. I'm out of here. Let's go. Wait, I'm going to make sure my arrows are like legit before I leave here. You know, like dipped Mm -hmm. them all in killed the centaur nisus with it and then um but that's how he essentially died because uh when that's the, how he died the centaur hercules oh i didn't later know on. died oh okay carry on anyway yeah so uh it, it it's all about the centaur and and anyway so uh yeah what happened then is uh the centaur that you know got killed by hercules from the poisonous arrows got catastrophized into the sky and uh because it was one of hydra's favorite monsters you know um harris uh, um, yes, I'm sorry, Hera's favorite monsters. So she was like, okay. And then it tr- slowly transformed into um, the crab and then cancer is what it's now called. So I don't know. Hmm. But what I do know is <laughs> all of this was in vain because uh, he did not pass this labor. It wasn't counted. He didn't pass it? Nope. I thought he completed all 12 labors. Not this one. Eurystheus did not count the success of the Hydra as one of the labors using uh, an excuse the fact that Hercules uh, asked his nephew, Iolus, for help. Oh. Mm-hmm. Disqualification. I also he heard. You didn't even get like a phone a family. <laughs> well, Heresius is a dick. I also heard that uh, Hercules realized that he could just choke out the Hydra. And so he choked it out. Isn't it more interesting, though, like to have gods and like weapons involved? No. Why? Because I think it's interesting that he realized that when he shot the arrows at the head of Hydra, it grew two back. So he's like, oh, shit. In order to stop having all these heads grow back, I'm just going to fucking choke out that bitch and then it's going to die. And then it won't grow more heads. That's intelligence. Yeah, you know, I could see that. Um, as an after story, because I mean, Hercules is half human. And I think another thing, like a character trait that uh, is with him is like the hero, right? The hero's mm-hmm. journey. It's all about Hercules. Yeah. It's he's a he's definitely like, um, I attach like, uh, like a want or a need for like attention or some sort of like, you know, something to do with him. What were some of other, uh, the other labors of Hercules? Do you know offhand? Uh, Like, does it have to do? Aquarius was. So it's like Hera's monsters, like all the animals of the Zodiac. And was the 12 labors have to do with Hercules going into each house and defeating that monster of the zodiac um if you want to look at it in a hermetic type of way yes that's definitely like a school of thought about it it's a way that some people um have literally uh put into like theology and stuff not necessarily but the same people wrote the same stuff if that makes sense so um you 
have to understand that like it it doesn't really I don't know really like what I'm trying it's it's just one school of thought about it then you have several branches of that so when it comes to like mysticism and how you believe in things but that's a hermetic type of view in my humble opinion the 12 labors of hercules and it having to do with the zodiac yes okay do you have any other uh a most definitely good way of like looking at it we just did aquarius uh-huh do you have any more to add to the the cancer well, stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, So, (laughs) I was just going to say that um, I wanted to add about the, like, the dung beetle, because I think that's freaking nuts. Uh, But I have so many notes about it that I was, you, like, hit all of the things, like, Props to you, I really didn't. (laughs) Well, go ahead and find in your notes about the dung beetle. And then I have some other uh, mythologies to add. Oh, that's nice. Okay, well, uh, so the Greeks, like, they looked at it as a nest ball of earth and its claws. Um, A water beetle, a crayfish, a lobster, and then Mm -hmm. later added a small fit or a small shrimp. This mm. is like the growth of this constellation, according to the Greeks, um, with Cancer Minor. Uh, Cassius wrote, it was the breastplate of the righteousness, um, using Ephesians 6.14, while, yes, while Presepe and Aseli are the manger of infant Jesus with an ox and an ass standing by. Um, and Peleus um, has it to do with Septrino, the cold northern winds. Um, and the symbol, which, you know, we were just talking about earlier, uh, uh, this is still in, in the Greek uh, lens of things. Uh, it's the remains of some creature, but also referred to as two asses that took place in a battle with giants. And rewarded a, uh, and they were re- rewarded a place in the sky for doing that. Um, that's a Macedonian tale. Uh, so I think Macedonian. that's pretty cool. Macedonian, whatever. Uh, so and Jensen says it's the tortoise of Babylonia and Egypt. Mm. Uh, to, yeah, two thousand BC Scarabaeus is what the Egyptians called this constellation. And it was sacred to them uh, for immortality. Um, so there we have an like baby Jesus and there we have like immortality. So like those are two positive aspects, I guess you could say, um, of the mythos about this. I don't know. Uh, but um, so I, I thought it was interesting that uh, the you did say that about the Acadians, but um, so uh, they also refer to it as the Nagar Asagaga, like N A G U R dash A S A G G A which was the waterman of the workway, but also um, as the cuneiform Nangaru and Puluku, uh, meaning division or alluding to the fact that the celestial collier has a dividing line. Um, So I thought that was interesting. Um. Yeah. So here we go. Whatever else you have about it, uh, you go right ahead. Um. It says, "Uh, 
<clears throat> cancer is also mentioned in several other myths, including Roman and Greek legends, as well as Norse mythology. In the Egyptian story of Haru Ur and Set, a giant crab named Tom sets itself on fire to defeat the god Set. In ancient Sumerian texts, the gods, uh, the god, the gods Ansher and Kishar were said to have created cancer from their own spit. The creature has even been referenced in modern pulp pop <clears throat> pop culture with its inclusions in films such as The Avengers, an animated series uh, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, while often portrayed as an annoying pest or weak opponent in these stories. It does serve to emphasize cancer's historical importance and enduring popularity. Uh, cancer's role in always symbolism. overall, cancer plays an yeah. important role in mythology as a symbol of strength and tenacity. Despite its defeat in these stories, the giant crab is still remembered as a powerful creature that should not be taken lightly. Whether viewed as an annoyance or a formidable opponent, cancer has left an enduring mark on the world mythology that will continue to fascinate people for generations to come. So, seriously. So, I think that's kind of interesting. Because even the child. Well, what I was going to say is even the Chaldeans referred to it and also the Platonist, if you want to get to like Greek days, referred to it as the gate of men, you know, um, which uh, it it's like where the humans descended from to here. So that's where you came from heaven to be human, basically according to the Chaldeans and the Platonist. Um, If it's with Scorpio and Pisces, it's the watery trigon. Um, It's also, as you stated earlier, the house of the moon uh, from the ancient belief that this luminary has been here since like literally creation. Um, And what they also call it is the horoscope of the world. Um, as being all the signs are closest to the zenith here. So that's just like a few, like, pro- like just different, you know, proof that it's always been here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I was just going to say uh, that it's interesting that it's like the weak little crab or whatever. Uh that's often portrayed as like this annoying little creature that's just kind of an annoyance uh and and they referred to like some of the superhero shows as you know uh just having to defeat it as like it racing after them them or whatever but it also made me think of like wrestling uh because you could often think of like these wrestlers as superheroes or whatnot they always have these weird kind of outfits and whatnot like uh heroes yeah but they there's always like uh there used to be back in the day like these no-name jabroni guys um who just were like had no name at all and they're just like a little annoying creature that they had to destroy to get out their way so it's kind of like almost like it plays the cancer role in that, and and the and the main wrestler plays like the Hercule Herculean role in that. So I I think that's interesting. Yeah, it's like a little play in like real world stuff that goes on, you know. Um, kind of like bills. Yeah, bills are kind of cancerous, you know. We have these annoying bills that come at us uh for things that we you know buy or spend money on and then we have to take care of them and they can kind of come annoying or telemarketers uh, that's kind of a cancer role too yeah anything corporate yeah anything that's kind of coming anything. after yeah. any corporate and i'm not well you're going after someone else like you are conning someone else doesn't matter if you're in retail 
doesn't matter what you're doing, you're selling something if you're working, basically, right? Isn't that what you're doing? Yeah. So um, I, it just, that's what I would. Yeah. I was just, I was just trying to think of these other like cancerous type rules uh, that we see in like everyday life uh, just to apply it to this uh, zodiacal sign and constellation, just because it's kind of interesting to see that archetype in the real world, you know, and think of it as like, oh, that's like the Cancer Constellation or the Cancer Zodiac. It's interesting. Uh, It'll be cool when we go over some of the other ones too, to like spot out um, those archetypes in in real life. But that's about all I got. Oh, yeah. And you will. The like more we go into this, the more will be revealed. It's crazy. So. I hope everybody stays tuned. More to come. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh, next week we are doing uh, the dogs. We got three dogs. It's going to be a three dog night. So we're going to, um, yeah, get into that next week. And hopefully we're going to get some more guests on the show soon. And and that when that happens, I think that we might just let the guests shine. And kind of bring their constellation to the table yeah. and, and let them have the spotlight a little bit. Um, you know, and then see and then we can both research that same constellation and add to what they bring to the table. Uh I think that might be a, yeah, a, just a better way question. to do it. Yeah. Um, so this might take us a lot longer than we thought. That's okay. Because it'll be fun. It will be. Um, you said you said earlier, like Hera's monsters. I think that would be such a good yeah. like podcast name, Hera's monsters. And then you can just Hera's monsters <laughs> talk about cryptoids and gods and monsters, and, <laughs> like, yeah. and some of these weird creations in Egypt with dog heads and bird heads and. Uh, what was that? What's the name for that? It's um, so uh, Anubis, something amorphic, uh, anamorphic, anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic. There you go. Maybe that's it. But anyways, until next time, so anthropomorphic. Yeah. Hey. hey. <laughs> until next time, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in and uh, send us some messages or something. Um, yeah. And don't forget, look up.